Hello and welcome to level 49 of Three Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight, and I have to start off this level of Three Extra Lives by saying you are officially listening to a Hearthstone legend. Yes, because in level 48 of Three Extra Lives, I was talking about the pursuit of glory in video games, and I was talking about my experiences with trying to reach the rank of legend in Hearthstone and predicted it over the last week, but it happened. I made it, and I'm very delighted to say I have done it, and that's it really, that's it now. No point going on about it, no point ever mentioning it again. I'm a legend in the game of Hearthstone, and uh, yeah, I'm a legend. I won't mention it anymore. That's all I'll say about being a legend in Hearthstone. Let's get on with the show! So speaking of Hearthstone and, you know, me being a Hearthstone legend, the company that makes Hearthstone, Blizzard Entertainment, they make another little game called World of Warcraft. And 15 years ago, something happened, which was really, really impactful, not just in World of Warcraft, but on the internet space as a whole. Now we know there's memes out there that come and go, but there's ones that stick around and continue to resurface every now and then. One of those memes is Yes, Leroy Jenkins. Now, you probably know Leroy Jenkins. If you don't know Leroy Jenkins, well, allow me to educate you because Leroy Jenkins is a character name for a playable character created by Ben Schlutz. I think I got that right. In the MMORPG World of Warcraft. Now, back in 2005, a video went viral of some game footage of the character Leroy Jenkins, who was absent during a group discussion in a dungeon where tactics were being discussed on how to encounter the next part of the dungeon, which included a lot of dragon eggs and dragonkin that would need to be controlled. Anyway, if you've never seen this video, Leroy comes back, pretty much says, time's up, let's do this, runs straight into the room, aggroes all of these dragon eggs, they hatch, the whole party wipes, nobody's happy about it, and thus the meme of Leroy Jenkins is born. Now at the time people thought this was real, this actually happened, and I can't remember myself if I believed it, probably not, because you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty smart, you know, I, I wouldn't fall for things like this, I probably did actually. And this became such a legacy in World of Warcraft that it became more than just something within this game. It became folklore and the character of Leroy Jenkins actually became a real character in the lore. Well, in the lore to say that is now acknowledged by Blizzard. We then went to see a year later that Leroy Jenkins was included in the World of Warcraft trading card game. Leroy Jenkins is a legendary card in the game of Hearthstone, which I'm a legend in by the way. And Leroy Jenkins started popping up in other places, for example, on an episode of Jeopardy. This role-playing game out in 2004 returns to the world of Azeroth, where heroes like Leroy Jenkins do battle. And that would be the world of Warcraft. Yes, Leroy Jenkins was an answer to a question on Jeopardy in November 2005. And that was 15 years ago, and still now, you'll probably get people using the term Leroy Jenkins, not just in World of Warcraft, but maybe when playing a video game, rushing into a horde of enemies. It's definitely a video game moment that has lasted and echoes throughout 
time. And I think we'll continue to do so. It was such a, a huge moment for World of Warcraft, which seems crazy that it's just a group of guildmates making a video. But the impact of that is still resonating right now. And the fact that you can say to somebody, oh, Leroy Jenkins, and they'll go, oh yeah, that guy from World of Warcraft. And it's made its way into other pop culture as well, from Family Guy to other video games like Borderlands 2, even MacGyver, Leroy Jenkins has managed to get a mention in. So 15 years ago, Leroy Jenkins still in our hearts and still in our minds. And hey, at least he had chicken. It's trivia time. So I was talking about World of Warcraft and that leads me to this question. World of Warcraft is a game known in the MMORPG genre. But what does MM stand for in MMORPG? The correct answer is massively multiplayer. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Next up on Three Extra Lives, talking about Enemy on Board. Now, Enemy on Board is a multiplayer four versus two social deception game where six crew members try and figure out who among them are actually murderous shape-shifting aliens. Detect, deceive, and destroy your way to victory. But remember, trust no one. So I finally got round to playing this game which was released on the 8th of May, 2020. So as of recording, it hasn't even been out a week, but it's gone straight into Steam, early access, it's free to play. Gotta say, I've had an absolute blast with the time that I've had with this game so far. And firstly, like when I mentioned Among Us on level 42, this is a game that I think shines when you're playing with a group of friends. So if you're out there looking for another five people to play with. I think that's probably the best experience you're gonna have in this game. Yes, you can play with randoms, but I think when you're playing this with your friends, ultimately that is where a game like this shines. So you jump into enemy on board, you make your party. You have in-game chat in this game where if you're a member of the crew, you can press a button and talk to the crew. If you're an alien, if you're one of the two aliens, you have two push to talk buttons to press. One that you can talk to the crew, as you are being disguised as the crew. And you also have alien chat as well, which you can communicate with your other alien compadre as you plot the downfall of the crew. And just don't be like uh, Amanda, who was playing in a Dragon Powered Studio session, who got the two buttons mixed up. That can be very awkward if you're an alien and you're talking to the crew. Uh, it really makes you sound suspicious. So when you start the game, you'll pick a class and each class has various abilities that you can use. There is points that you gain for completing games which you can use to level up your characters and unlock little perks that you can place into three perk slots for your character. For example, being able to run faster when you're near aliens or certain weapons doing a little bit more damage. You can almost build a spec for your class. There's also weapons that you can pick up. But you have two inventory slots that you can fill with items during the game and these range from your generic melee weapons, you can pick up bandages to heal yourself, you can also pick up an injection which you can 
stick into people who you might think are aliens to slow down their evolution process. Now their evolution process is that certain aliens have certain abilities. For example, there's an alien that works a lot like a spider in the fact that it lays eggs and they lay them invisibly around the spaceship that when people walk into them, they trigger an evolution increase in the alien. And once the, the aliens have filled up their evolution bar, they can transform into an alien. It takes a few seconds, this huge like egg forms around them and then out of it hatches this alien, which if you don't see the hatching process, you're not actually gonna know who the alien is. And that alien's gonna come at you terrifying, swiping their claws and probably killing you if you don't get away in time. And rounds for these games last about five minutes. So it's really quick to get into. It's really quick to start a new game. And all the time, you don't really know who the aliens are until the game's over, if the game's won or lost. But you do have to work together as a crew, even with the aliens, as you go through various phases. And a regular occurring phase is you have to pick up a power pack from a certain room and then take it to various generators around the ship. Now these generators need two people to activate the repair on the generator and if you don't do this within a certain time limit the ship blows up and you all die so it is within your interest to keep the maintenance going on the ship otherwise nobody wins. Well nobody wants that right? And like I say this game is still in early access it's developed by Windwalk Games and they've got a Discord as well where they're taking feedback there's people forming groups as well to play games together I think that's also a great opportunity to establish some relationships instead of going in totally blind with people maybe you don't know at all. This game has just received very positive reviews so far. It's like I said, as of recording, hasn't even been out a week, seems to be doing really well, free to play, but there is a founders pack which will unlock all the cosmetics in the game currently for you if you wish to support this game so far. And I think the way it's going, I'm definitely going to be doing that because I really appreciate free to play games that you go into and it's not being thrown in your face that you need to make microtransactions. And I think so far this game is shaping up to be one that I'm gonna be playing a lot with friends and really excited to see it grow and have more features added to it along the way. So it's worth checking out if you're looking for a group of people to play with. I think I've said it enough times on here that over at dragonpoweredstudio.com forward slash discord, we're always there playing some games. Games like this is what we thrive on and we love to play them. So. If this sounds interesting to you and you haven't joined our Discord over there yet, definitely do that. You're missing out on some good times. And yeah, Enemy on Board by Windwalk Games. Go check it out. It's trivia time. So I was talking about Enemy on Board and an Enemy on Board made me think of, you know, enemies, bad guys, people you might not want to mess with. And that led me to this question. Which of the four horsemen of the apocalypse are playable in the first Darksiders game? Is it pestilence, war, famine, or death? The correct answer is war. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on this level of three extra lives. It's a bit of a random one, I'll agree. But have you ever been so stuck in a video game you just didn't know what to do? You craved to get past a certain level or solve a certain puzzle and 
get to the next part of the game so you could continue enjoying it as much as you had been up to that moment? If so, I feel you. But at the same time, maybe this doesn't happen anymore because we have the internet, we have these solutions on hand, it's a simple Google search away. So maybe that essence, that magic of not being able to solve something, not being able to work something out and being stuck on something for weeks on end doesn't happen anymore. And I totally accept that. That's probably the way it is right now because if we can get access to the answers, we're gonna do that, right? If we're stuck, we're not gonna spend all our time waiting and trying to figure it out on our own, even though I do like doing that sometimes. And this got me thinking about a game that I was stuck on for a very, very long time. That game was point-and-click adventure game from 1996, Broken Sword, The Shadow of the Templars. Now, in this puzzle, the main protagonist, George Stobart, who gets involved in a bomb explosion in Paris, which leads him all around the world, takes him to a castle in Loch Marne in Ireland, where he must avoid getting butted by a fierce goat. To access a cellar. That might sound like a really simple puzzle, but the fact is that this puzzle is probably known as one of the hardest video game puzzles ever. And I have to say, I was stuck on this for a very long time. I think it was months, probably half a year, I was stuck on this puzzle because this was before I had the internet. This was really before anything on the internet was hugely accessible. And I was still buying video game magazines for my video game news and my tips and my tricks and my walkthroughs. So here I was stuck on this game, absolutely loving the game by the way. It's an incredible game, loved every moment of it except this part. And the joy one day when I walked into my local newsagents and I saw a PlayStation magazine with a guide, a walkthrough guide for Broken Sword 1, it was there, the solution what I craved was finally there. I bought that magazine and I looked up the solution for this puzzle. And it was really strange because in a game like Broken Sword, which is a point and click game, you know, you're combining objects to solve puzzles, maybe having a conversation with somebody, finding them a certain item or using a certain item on a certain object. That's how point and click adventures usually work. But in this game, to get past the goat, you actually had to get the goat to charge you down and at that second you had to scroll across the screen and click on something else. It was actually a timed puzzle. The rope by which the goat was tethered had become tangled on the old plowshare. That had never been seen in this game at all. There was no tutorial, there was no other puzzle like this in the game that you might have got an idea of that was what you were supposed to do. And so many people were stuck on this game. So many people didn't know how to get past this puzzle. I actually love the fact that this become an infamous puzzle that it's up there as one of the most difficult puzzles there ever was. And yes, in the director's cut for Broken Sword, which came out in 2009, this puzzle was actually simplified because of the difficulty that had ensured with the original release of this game. That makes me a little bit sad because I kind of want people still to go through that. And you could look it up anyway now in a pinch. But have you ever been so stuck on something you just didn't know what to do or you didn't know how to get past it? Maybe it's been recently and you've been holding out looking up the answer just so you can get that satisfaction of knowing you solved it yourself because there still is that inside of me that likes to try and figure these things out by myself. But then in the world where information is so easily accessed, it's 
doesn't take much to find out that answer, but maybe we just lose a little bit of that satisfaction that we would have got from yesteryear when solving a puzzle. But let me know what you think. It's trivia time. So I was talking about Broken Sword, and here comes the question. Fictional character George Stobart from the Broken Sword series is from which American state? Is it Idaho, Oregon, or Washington? The correct answer is Idaho. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of another level of three extra lives. How did you do on the trivia this week? Why not let me know over on social media? We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at three extra lives. Like always, you can email the show at podcast at three extra lives.com with any suggestions, any news stories you want me to talk about. Always love to hear from you. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at 3actualifes.com. Everything I've mentioned right there so you don't have to go searching. And that's it. We are at the end. Once more, I will see you all in the big level 50. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.